pull up a bar stool. Hey there. All right, we've got, this is going to be the fourth part in a little series we got going on. I don't know how many parts we're going to have. I've got John Robinson, also known as JR, my backup CEO, business manager. We're going to continue talking about online membership communities. And today, his focus is going to be, his and my and our focus will be, on what it means to be relevant in your online membership community and how you do it. I think you'll enjoy it. Sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumber.com and John Limmer Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week we invite you to the virtual pub and get drunk on entrepreneurship. John Robinson, JR, my backup CEO, business manager. How you doing, JR? I'm doing really well. I just realized that there are two moments in life that I love to laugh at. One when is whenever up? there's a... What? When someone screws up? No. Uh So the first one is when people fake vomit, like when they make the hack sound. And and then the second one, yes, it is when somebody messes up the intro. (laughs) So I belly laughed to both of those. So thank you for helping break the ice. And now I'm going to fake vomit. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, we got four Andrew, Christmases. We got, we got Andrew. Andrew's watching, by the way. So, oh, nice! So be on your best behavior. <laughs> All right. So yeah, the movie is Four Christmases, and I cannot stop laughing when there's that fake vomit scene. I don't think you know what it is. Four Christmases. Uh, yeah, with Vince Vaughn. <laughs> hmm. All right. All right. Well, so the last two weeks we've been focused on uh, three. Last three weeks. Oh, three weeks. Been focused on um, online community stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, are, are we continuing that this week? Where are we rolling? We are continuing that. So yes, for the last three weeks, we've been talking about the journey from like creating awareness for an online business model for those that don't know you at all, all the way to the point of they know you very well. And they wildly recommend you. So advocacy. So that's what we're talking about. We're trying to get from awareness to advocacy. And yes, in week one, we talked about uh, the pains, claims, and gains that you you want to solve for people in your business model. Week two, we talked about it, how to be understood in the marketplace. Week three was what uniqueness looks like. And now week four is relevance. So today we're going to talk about relevance and then online community, online business model. So what are you, so are you ready? I'm curious. Any other background on that? What are you thinking when you're thinking relevance? Oh, well, that's what we're going to go into. So, okay. so end of the day, in the first three weeks were more about those who don't, experiencing you experience you yet and thinking about all right what do you want them to experience how do you want them to look at you view you now that we're into week four week four is about those who do 
have experience with you. So those are actual members now. So we've transitioned into actual membership from prospects. So what does that mean? That means to start thinking about and listening and hearing and seeing what relevance is and what it isn't in your communities. So the, and these are going to be some uncomfortable questions for you, I believe uh, more than the previous weeks. And here's why I don't believe that we poll a lot or survey a lot to understand what relevance is to people. I think we just observe, but, but don't survey a lot to say, why does this community matter to you? So, and is that, is that a true statement? Well, I mean, I know we do um, some polls, some surveys. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that specific question is asked, Mm-mm. but uh, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not. And and like the when I think about relevance, I think about why something matters, mm-hmm. why something is significant, and you know, when we were designing this. There's some things that we hope for that would happen, but it's about where it stands out for people and where they say, yes, this is why this community matters. Now, I know firsthand that we've been at conferences and people have said, this is exactly why it changed my life. I mean, we've heard things like that. Now, I wouldn't say that we, when we started these you know, groups that we said, okay, we want to change lives. It kind of just happens, you know, by, by doing what you do. So in the spirit of asking the three questions, the first question is how is our community relevant to members? And you can pick any community. You can pick the basic PHC, you can pick elite, or you can pick entrepreneurs, any community you want, because all of them are different stages uh, one's an in infancy, one's, I would say, more mature than the other one, which I would say elites more mature than the basic group. So you can pick any one of those in the in the life cycle, business life cycle. Yeah, I mean, not sure exactly where we're going with this, but I mean, PHC elite, I think of, since it is a mature community, uh, we got this familiarity. So people who are familiar with others in the community, uh, as, a, as a result, they're, especially those who have been around for a while, are very comfortable. And they're comfortable sharing, they're comfortable asking, and they're comfortable helping. Um, I'm not sure if that's where you wanted to go with this, but that's kind of right. what I think of. This is beautiful, because like I said, this, this is a nice messy area because because you're off the mark and and we're going to get closer to on the mark because i want people to really dig deep and push hard when they're trying to understand what relevance is and isn't in their communities let's say they're let's say we're talking to existing communities it's figuring out what it is why things really matter and that's why the statement of you changed my life uh, other statements are, I got the answer that I needed. You know, that, that's why it becomes, it made the community might be relevant to other people. Heck, some people might say, I met my husband or wife in the group. 
You know, well, that's why it might be relevant as a community. JR so, is single. <laughs> don't, say, don't say that. So, uh, yes, I am. So, but the the idea of of really caring, caring about what it is that that happens in this community, even if you didn't design it to be, like we don't design the community so that people find each other and get married and start families, but it could happen. It could happen where, uh, you know, people learn about people that way. So with that said, I know that this is kind of a tough one because I don't think we really ask enough. I don't think we really say, all right, what is the, what's the craziest thing on why this, why does this community matter to you? What's the biggest surprise on why it matters? And some people might, it might start their day, you know, it might start their day. And this is what I do. And the first thing it's in my routine to go on this community and get inspired by other people. Or it could be like, Oh, I didn't have that idea. And now I have that idea. And now I did that campaign. If this is, you know, Facebook or if it's elite or basic groups. So as, as I'm saying this uh, for those that think that they have to know why it's relevant, we don't. We don't really know why it's relevant with precision. We kind of have an idea and we kind of get surprised on occasion. I'll, I'll even state another example from the weekend. And let's say, you know, John, your posts. I think you got an amazing mm. piece of feedback over the weekend on why a post was relevant to a particular person. It, it, why, it, to clarify, it's the email, really. I just... I reposted oh. the email on the Facebook page, and really the 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 feedback that I got on it that was insane was via email. So basically, all it was was um, you know telling people a little bit more about my story, about how our oldest son Michael is a cancer survivor, and how um, be, you know there are a couple of things. First of all. You know, I'd always wanted to do more to help those who were in that experience. And, you know, this year for the second year in a row, we're, we're sponsoring. We say we, the business, is sponsoring uh, this Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation event in Denver that happened last Saturday. And so this wasn't a sales pitch or anything. It was like, hey, if you want to participate, you can. Um, I'm not selling you anything. And then, oh, by the way, you know, uh, you know, related to all this, you've seen less of me lately, and that's been intentional. And it's because of baseball and understanding, you know, because of everything that happened with my son, you know, years ago now, years ago, uh, that uh, I value time uh, over the dollar. And I spend a lot of time with my family during these months, uh, spring and summer months. And you know, wasn't really thinking what kind of response I'd get to that. And I mean, I thought I'd get some, some nice responses, but I'd say over a hundred, uh, that I've responded to who responded to me, uh, that were just, and just not just at a boy, but telling their own stories. And it's pretty amazing. And that, that, uh, that's one of those things that keeps me going when I, when I can get those type of responses. Man, what, when you're just saying that, what showed up for me is that we have to figure out how to get some, some entrepreneur stories 
you know, going in, in our John and John's because I, I would love to hear some firsthand experiences on, you know, what, what it's like to start your entrepreneurial venture or what it's like to whatever stage you're in, you know, what you're going through. And that's just a kind of on a side note, as I listen to you say that, because I know the energy that you get and that I get off of people sharing it, it makes it feel like it's worth it. It makes it feel like what you just wrote was worth it. And I know, you know, you and I talked about this last week that this was something that didn't get out of your, your system. When I say get out of your system, didn't get onto paper or didn't get into the, the, yeah. the world very easily. It, Cause first of all, I'm, I'm reaching this kind of difficult time in that it's been close to seven years. I've told my story many times before. So, like, you know, how could I tell this story in a unique way to people who've heard it 10 times already? Um, am I just going through the motions with it? And so I, I, I didn't force it. And basically, I, you know, there, was a, there were a couple phrases that came to mind that were going to be central to what I was going to write about. And... Um, I mean, I think the, and I know we're kind of going on a tangent maybe, but I feel like the, the lesson here is that, um, you know, don't be afraid to tell your story when it feels like it has very little to do with your business or with why people um, listen to you or why they read your blog or whatever. Um, because the, telling your story could drive away some people. I think if I drove, and I can guarantee you I drove some people away, first of all. I, I, I didn't see those messages, but I guarantee people opted out, read, you know, unsubscribed, whatever. But they're probably not my people either. But what it did is drive a much tighter bond with those people it did connect with. Um, as opposed to focusing just on, you know, how to make Facebook ads work and all the mechanics and you're used to the manipulation of words and messaging and marketing and all that stuff. And you know, I think everyone's kind of waiting for what's the sales pitch here and knowing that you can write an email with no sales pitch. uh, You're just trying to tell a little bit more about yourself. You know, I think it's a good lesson that that stuff helps. It helps uh, generate a, a closeness with your reader and with your customer, potential customer, subscriber, whoever. Yeah, I, I agree. What what I'm noticing is that the idea of relevance or significance, it's relative. And it you might be surprised about why something matters. Mm. And I think that there is a part of trying to design relevance into your business model beforehand, but I think it's even better just to put it out in the world and then be pleasantly surprised on why something matters to someone. So I didn't realize when I was designing these questions is that maybe it's more just about seeking the feedback and being curious about how is our community relevant to members and just be okay with that and just say, you know what? We don't have to design everything. We don't have to be everything to everybody, but for the people that we mean something to, 
let's let's listen to them. I mean, I, I will say this as a piece of advice for those that are designing, you know, new membership models and designing their new businesses, is that I don't believe you can serve everyone. You know, I, I know that John, you've evolved so much, you know, through the years where we used to worry, like, oh my gosh, we just lost five, you know, month to month members, and we just, you know, it was like, wow, what happened? And then when we uncovered, like, wait a second, those four, those five, they really, they just asked. They never helped. Or, you know, they asked a lot of things that, you know, just made it life very difficult. So they weren't a fit for us. So I look at that and I think relevance, just being curious about relevance is, uh, is part of the beauty of entrepreneurship for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, the surprise for me, too, from that email is that people find relevance in different things. So, like, when I'm writing it, my primary focus is on telling the story of my son and, and that kind of thing. And, yes, I, you know, I got re- some response that from people who were dealing with something similar, whether cancer impacts their life or they've got a child who's who's dealt with, you know, very challenging experiences. Whether so... Those are, you know, that that's that powerful bond that I expect to get with parents um, dealing with something like that. It's parents, but, you know, anyone impacted by cancer, too. But then there's the other stuff, too, where I kind of take for granted, like, you know, referring to why it is you haven't heard much from me lately. So it's because I'm spending more time with my family. And and there were some people in there I was like, thank you. Like, I needed, I needed, I felt like I needed permission to do this, to try to do kind of like what you're doing that, um, you know, I'm working these extra hours and I don't really need to. And, um, but I, I feel like I'm supposed to. It, so like your message spoke to me in that way that I felt like you gave me permission and it's okay. So that kind of thing was really powerful. And then, then just as simple as like talking about coaching baseball, like I had people writing me just want to talk baseball, <laughs> you know? So um, a lot of times it's not even intentional how it is you end up connecting with people and find that significance and that relevance with people. Um, you, you may be surprised where it comes from sometimes. Yeah, I loved his story because I, I, I forgot his name, but the story was just of his connection to baseball and his connection to his grandfather or father. <laughs> and, you know, that was awesome. Uh, that was awesome. Grand- grandfather uh, played in the Negro Leagues, and I, th- I think like every generation they've, you know, played at a high and level. And he coached his sons. Yeah. And what stood out for me, which is what is in, in our family, is the idea of the. F- I think it was the grandfather went to Chicago from Mississippi to try out for the Cubs. And the entire family got moved up because of that tryout. That is exactly the same with my Uncle Norman. That's exactly what happened. He moved from Jackson, Mississippi to Chicago to try out for the Cubs. And that's how all of my dad's side of the family got to Chicago. So I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So I love that. So that, that was pretty powerful for me. All right. So now, now this is relevance a lot clearer for you now versus what it was like five minutes ago i think so okay cool so then the second question when of three 
when we're thinking about communities and designing communities that are meaningful and relevant is to assess how you're doing on meeting problems, issues, and then stated and unstated needs. So let me unpack that a little bit because that's a lot. I think that as you're seeking feedback, the kind of feedback you're looking for, like, man, are we are we meeting their problems where, where, where we need to, to help solve them? Are we, you know, addressing issues that they're having, whatever the issues might be? And are we listening to them for what they're stating that they need and what they're not stating? Because there's a lot, a lot of things that you can design in your business model that's an unstated need but you just kind of know that that's what they want so i i'll give you a, a little example i think that an unstated need for people who pay on a monthly basis is that their credit card information is protected now they're not telling you i want my credit card information protected but in essence you know they kind of do so that's an unstated need a a stated need in an online community uh, I think a stated need would be, hey, I need someone to answer this question or I need someone to respond to me. And that to me is a stated need. Um, I don't know. Can you think of any issues or problems that that you've seen through the years that that our community helps solve or helps deal with? And you can pick any community again. Do I see any problems or issues that our community helps solve? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I th- think, I don't know if I can even think generally, but I mean, so many mechanical, you know, I have this mm. problem with my ad account or or just to get some validation. It's like, oh, my, like we're seeing people have their ads manager down right now or today and just to be able to say, I'm having this, anyone else and several other people, same thing. Like, oh, okay. So it's no big deal. It's just something that Facebook's going, doing right now. That, that I like quick that. response. <laughs> yeah, I like you're saying that because I think that part of the relevance is I'm not crazy, am I? Mm-hmm. It's this idea of like, am I going crazy here? Do I? Do, is anybody else experiencing this? And then when you have people that are like, oh yeah, I'm experiencing that too. It's like, okay, I'm not as dumb as I thought, mm-hmm. or I'm not as, I, or, or I, I, I knew something was wrong and now I don't have to worry about that anymore. Cause I just affirmed that, uh, that that was the case. Now with this being said, I would love to see more of that in the entrepreneurs group of, Hey, here's what I need. Uh, here's a question I have. Here's what I'm uncertain about. Uh, here are some issues. Here are some problems I'm having, because I still believe it's it's a great community for that. And I was just talking to you not too long ago. I said I'd love to answer more questions, uh, any questions that have in regards to how do I blank? You know, I'm not sure about blank, or I wonder if I should blank. It's like just put it out there, because that that immediately. Well, I shouldn't say immediately like it will get answered, but it will get answered in a timely manner. So I don't know. That just showed up for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that the challenge with the entrepreneurs group is uh, 
there's less structure to the kind of questions you're going to get. It's just, it can be just about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the emotional, it's, uh, you know, things that are unique to your business. That, I mean, I'll, keep in mind, this isn't stuff that's related to Facebook ads. Um, so, a lot of it's, you know, self-esteem, you know, and I, I, won't, I won't mention who this was, but there's someone in the community today who posted, a, and there's a lot of assumptions in here, how I built my business on my own terms. I I didn't follow or I don't follow the path of other marketers and choose to put my values and priorities ahead of all the best practices and rules around success. And she wants to do the same thing and doesn't know if she has the self-esteem to, to do that. Um, you know, I, I think that's a, a, it's one of those, I, I need to respond to that uh, comment, that post, because it's, again, that assumption that, that's always been the case that when I started my business that I didn't care what everybody else was doing that I was just going to do it my way build it on my terms and build around you know my own life's goals and everything that really wasn't the case um but so I mean I think that that's both an example of how we can use that community more but also the challenge and there's so many topics we can cover in there yeah and I I wonder I wonder how we can do a better job either teaching a framework or helping jog people's curiosity or questions by writing questions. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to do a better job of this because I'd love to unlock this. Like, I think my biggest problem today is, is how, how do I get a community of people who are are going through entrepreneurship challenges to, to share them. So they don't have to overcome as much. And so they can get better ideas, better solutions, better ways to, to deal with whatever they're dealing with. So that's something I'll have to work on going forward for sure. Okay. So third question, last question. And the first question was, how is our community relevant to members? And then we just went through the second question. And I wanted to say the first one again, because there's a slight pivot on this one. This question is, how does, or what does our community mean to members? So what does it mean to members? Now, how's our community relevant to members? What does it mean to members? Now, do you see, is it too close to you of a question? It, it's it's they're pretty similar, and I, and I think uh, your answer could be similar in each case, and it's going to be different from person to person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there might be the way that I look at it is relevance probably means utility, and what it means is more emotional. So I think I think I could look at and, and make that distinction, like what something means to me. Versus why is it relevant to me? Relevant sounds like it's a fit for me. Now, relevant sounds like, you know what? I do well in Facebook communities. I like to type. I like to read at my own leisure. That's why that this community is relevant to me. I don't have to go to a meetup somewhere. I don't have to. So maybe relevance can show up like that in utility. And then why is it, what's it mean to me? It means that, you know, I have a community of people that I feel like I fit, you know, that I belong to, that I can depend on. Um, 
but that's how I look at it. I don't know what, how does it show up for you? Similar or different? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it certainly depends on how you interpret both of them, but I think certainly the way these communities run, ideally in a perfect world, I want there to be a personal connection in terms of have meaning, meaning to them and personal connection with those who are in that group and wanting to help others and trusting others and having more confidence in their business as a result of uh, the help and feedback. And uh, so you you could say there's greater meaning in that third question. All right, so I'm going to throw you a curveball. And yes, we're going to talk baseball because I'm curious as to the Spiders, you're going to have a new season coming up. You're going to have a whole new team, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's where you're at. Mm-hmm. So, of the team right now, what what does our team, our current team, mean to members or mean to teammates? What do you think it means to the kids, the current team? Oh man, um, I, I honestly, I, I'm not just saying this. <laughs> I, I believe this is some of the most fun they've had playing baseball in their entire lives. I think uh, this is as confident as some of the kids have been playing the game. They, uh, they're having more success than they've ever had. They, and they're, they're very close-knit um, playing with not just other kids who are good at baseball, but with friends. And uh, so it's a personal bond. I love that. Now, let, I'll stop you right there because you started to spill over a little bit into relevance. Because if I were to say, how is our team relevant to teammates? You just said they're their friends. You know, they, they know each other. So, so they're friends. That's, what, that's what, how it's relevant to them. And then everything you said on meaning was like their confidence. They're, they're winning. They're going to have memories for so long. They're going to they'll probably know each other for years and years and years. You listening to you say that distinction between relevance and meaning when you talk about baseball, you talk about the players, that was crystal clear. And I don't think did it, did it, it, it looked it. I mean, I'm looking at you. It looked very different. And as you say that, I'm like, I wonder how we can take that same energy and put it into, you know, our groups because the most fun ever, the most confidence ever, the most winning ever why can't you have the same why can't you do the same thing in in online membership models right so yeah oh that's great uh, i will end on that note because i think uh as we look at boosting relevance because that's what that's what today's talk was and making sure that you asked for feedback so you understand why you matter and why you're significant to your communities and knowing you know what that is and what that isn't is a, a pretty much a great practice to get into and i just realized like we have some room to grow in our current business and you know i, I don't think we do a professional job at this but we do a little bit we still do a little bit yeah now we do have a question that came oh, in nice. came in from andrew McEwen, not andrew fox well, andrew McEwen. Says so a challenge I have is a classic not enough hours in the day. So trying to, to develop new services for 
for launch while doing project work to pay the bills. So plate spinning, basically. And um, I mean, I can I can relate from those early those that really that first couple of years um, where I struggled to grow my business because I was taking on client work. And it wasn't until I just decided to take the leap and cut off all clients that I could uh, build a business and do do so confidently and really in the way I want, do business the way I wanted. Because it, as long as you have clients, I mean, it really depends on which, which way you're going on this, right? With what your business means to you. It sounds like he doesn't want to take on this project work. Uh, as long as you have those projects, you're not going to be able to focus 100% on your business. Your project work is going to take priority. And as long as your business isn't your priority, it's not going to reach the, reach the goals that you want. I'm not saying give up those projects, but um, it's just one of those things like you have to, you're going to have to find a strategy that creates a pocket for your business where you can focus entirely on that. All right. I love that. I'm going to add to that. Whenever I hear that I have multiple plates to juggle or balance, the, the first thing that comes up to me is that we all have the same amount of hours in a week, 168 hours. We all have 168 hours. And as I look at it, I look at every week you, if you equated that to dollars, you have $168 to invest. By the end of that week, you they're all gone. So you have to look at your time and say, okay, for $168, I'm going to put $4 aside to run. So now I have $164. Now I'm going to put so-and-so 20, 40 hours to sleep or oh, whatever. What, more than what? that. More than that. Well, let's think about that. Let's do the math. So wait, wait, you got jokes. Because do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Uh, on, on average, I'm in bed for at least eight hours. All right, so you're 56. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily sleeping, but I'm in bed. There's okay. a lot of just being awake and watch TV. So so my, my point is, is looking at your time as $168 in a week and writing it out like a budget. And saying, hey, I need to spend X amount on, on this, on that, on that. Now, that's, to me, that's where I started when I was thinking about my time management. Then, of course, I had to create a worksheet on this because I had to think about my time even more. And I asked myself the simple question, where am I pissing my time away? I need to figure out where I was pissing my time away. If I play video games, and this isn't a hit or knock against anybody who plays video games, but like John used to play video games a lot. Um, if if we found out that John spent ten dollars a week of 168, 10 of 168 playing video games, we'd have to ask, is this acceptable? Because sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like, you know what, this is how I decompress. Mm-hmm. This is how I but I think you have to get in that mindset of knowing where you're pissing your time away and knowing, A, is it acceptable or not? 
then you say, all right, now that I know what I know about time where I'm wasting it, where could I invest that time? You know, where could I spend that instead of that? So I'm going to cut my video game time from 10 hours to five hours. And I'm going to put those five hours into mm, making cold calls or writing content or, you know, following up with clients, whatever, whatever you reinvest that five hours into. But it's all about being mindful and then creating uh, habits, new habits, recognizing your time wasting habits and creating new habits. I uh, will continue. And John knows this. I write. I use a, a, a planner. I use a planner and I use it every day. And I know what meetings I have. I know what tasks I have and what priority they are. And I, I just break them into backstage and front stage and front stage are all things that are related to money making. So money making, you know, meaning one-on-ones or consulting or now that, and then backstage is like all the other stuff like billing and, and research and study and all of that. So you've got to get into some type of habit in order to be more precise on how you manage your time. And I'm happy to, to share any other techniques or tools uh, if you want, uh, you know, I'll look at the thread and I'll respond in the thread as well. But I'm, I've got so many tested things that I've used through years and years of trying to get better because I'm terrible at time management mm-hmm. and I'm always <clears throat> going to be terrible because the moment I think I'm not, I'll start wasting time. So I'm always trying to stay on top of, of my schedule. So yeah, That's I mean, I guess uh, what I'd leave for Andrew, at least, you know, my own personal experience, uh, the more I tried to squeeze into a day, the less I, <clears throat> I actually got done. Um, I was unfocused and I'd have a lot of partial projects that might get complete completed. Um, and it's especially if I, you know, tried to schedule like a million different things throughout the day. And, and we've talked about this before, but I think what ultimately helped me a lot was focusing on like two things. These two things need, need to get done today. And um, as a result, I also don't feel like pr- some pressure is, is good, but um, like having a timeline and, and, and uh, deadline and whatnot. But there, there's a point too where it can be unproductive because you're always so stressed out and you can't can't get the stuff done you need to get done. Um, having a whole day to focus on these two things and knowing that that's going to happen once a week or whatever you know, cycle you go on, it's been really useful to me. I, I'm sure it depends on the uh, personality, but yeah, I, I I'll add to that with I've always liked the idea of of shrinking down the task to say, okay, I'm just going to do three things today. That never worked for me. What worked for me is having three themes. So today I'm looking at my big three themes of the day. One is build trusted relationships, build physical strength and build intellectual strength. So what are the tasks under build trusted relationships? What we're doing right now. I mean, this is, this is, you know, building and strengthening relationships by sharing. Uh, what is build physical strength? I've got boot camp at six o'clock tonight. 
And then what's build intellectual strength? I'm reading a book called The Net and the Butterfly and, you know, listening to podcasts and all these other things. And another day is build my body of work, you know, creating more leadership worksheets, uh, redoing recordings. So I like to go in themes first and then I write out some of the tasks associated with those things. So whatever works for you, but I completely agree with John and make sure it, if it, if it's a literal plate with food, make sure it's, it's just enough. He's spinning. I'm thinking eating. Mm. So make sure your plate's not over full. All right. Well, thank you to PHC entrepreneurs for, uh, keeping this going for us and thank you Andrew with, uh, for your question uh, JR where can people find you at Backup CEO on Twitter alright well that's easy enough thanks everybody until next time do awesome things we are out